Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That river of life is just what it says. It's a river of life. So if you're depressed, if you're stressed, if you're stretched, whatever, Whatever, whatever. If I'm all up in my feelings, before I can die to them feelings, his are, yeah, they're much better. And when he, and he numbs your feelings. Can I just say that again? Because the devil counterfeits everything. He counterfeits everything, and he tells you that you can drink this, or you can shoot this, or you can whatever, whatever, put this under your tongue, I don't know, and, you, and I'll numb everything for you. I'll numb it. You won't have to deal with it. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I used, well, hey, 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 used to do a lot of things, but thank God I found the real thing, the real thing. And my feelings are real numb right now. Because I see some of y'all looking at me like, when she going, what the world? They're going to be crazy again today. No, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care at all. Thank you, Jesus. Because we can probably teach on dying to your flesh while you're drunk. And that's how you do it. That's how you do it right there. Just try to stay drunk as much as you possibly can. No, I'm serious. I, I know you. I know you know. Cause, cause it's it gets rough when you you know when you die into your flesh. It's that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. Cause I was created to live. I wasn't created to be born into this sinful nature. I was not created. You know, man wasn't created for that. Stupidity got in the way. And so now we have, this is what we have. And we are spiritual beings who have everything that God has. But we got this sinful nature we got to learn how to deal with. So I was not created to live in my feelings. And all God's asking me to do is give him something that I wasn't created to deal with anyway. <laughs> That's a revelation. Mm -hmm. That's a, a, wait a second. That's a revelation. I was not created to deal with this stuff. I wasn't created to be all in my feelings and my emotions and having to die for to stuff. I wasn't created for that. I was created to walk in his glory. I was created to walk with him 24-7, all day, all night, always. 
That's what I was created for. And so he's just asking me to give up something that he didn't create me for. Hmm. <laughs> That's why it gives us that thing called grace. <laughs> oh, thank you for grace. Thank you for grace, God. Because grace gives me the ability to give him what I wasn't created to deal with. Does that make sense? Because it didn't make sense to my head. I'm like, what did I say? It is. Grace is the ability. That's what I said. That's what I said? Okay. Grace is the ability to do it. Now, just think about that. I was not created to have to die to my my flesh, my flesh. I wasn't created for that. And he is so good that he gave me the ability from him to do something that I wasn't created to have to do. I wasn't created to have to deal with this thing. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. The Father is so good, and there is going to be an impartation today. I know it. (laughs) I know it. There's going to be an impartation. Because today we're going to talk about sonship, that spirit of adoption. Hmm. I was not created to have to deal with this mess. I was not. I am not created to have to deal with this. So he gives me everything I need in order to not have to deal with it. (laughs) But see, most of us don't really know who we are. We don't know who we are. We say I'm a child of God, but do you know what that means? Come on now. Do you really know what it means to be a child of God? Because if I have a revelation that he is my father. Mm. My life would be different. I ain't putting up with that stuff. But I don't get in your face about it. I hit my knees and I say, okay, Father. Hey, I'm doing what you told me to do now. I'm doing it. And this is going on. And I need you to intervene. And he does. He does. Woo, he does. Well, last Sunday, we talked about how we are crucified to that sin nature, right? I'm crucified to that thing. That thing ain't for me no how. I'm created for better than that. I'm created to, I was created to have this new life that he gave us. That's what we're created for. And so I walk in this new life. I walk now in this new kingdom. For so long, I I lived by my feelings. I lived by my emotions. I lived by that stuff. But that's not what he wants for me. That stuff has to be crucified with Christ, right? Y'all got that, right? Okay. I reckon my flesh is dead, okay? Whew. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad that my flesh is dead. Hmm. And we see in Romans 7 that the law was given to me so that I would know that I needed a Savior. Because before the law said, 
Thou shalt not covet. <laughs> I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. Right? So all that says there in, in chapter 7 about me being dead, you know, and all this law and this stuff has made me die. <laughs> all that is saying is, because the law came and said, don't covet. What was on the inside of me, that, that nature that I wasn't created to have, that nature rose up then. And, and I said, oh, you don't want me to covet? Well, guess what I'm fitting to do? Covet. It's called rebellion. That's what it's called. It's rebellion. Mm-hmm. Y'all see, y'all should have got drunk. I'm telling you. You should have got drunk. <laughs> so, if there's no rules, there's no reason for rebellion, right? I can just do whatever. But whenever you throw a rule in my face, I got to rebel. Because there's something on the inside of me that don't want to do what you want me to do, right? And that's what the law shows. But the law is holy. The law is good. Without the law, I wouldn't have known that I needed a Savior. You see? Are you seeing? And Jesus Christ came and he fulfilled the law because I cannot. Has, is there anybody in here besides that little one right there, besides Gabe, that has, and I'm not so sure Gabe hadn't done this. Is there anybody in here who has never lied? I guarantee you Gabe probably um, cried one time because he just wanted his mama to come pick him up and he made her think he was hungry or he was hurting or something. You know what I'm saying? I know y'all don't think that those precious babies can do that. But they're born with that nature. You don't have to teach them how to lie. You do not have to teach them how to steal. You do not have to teach them that. They come here knowing that. It is the Adamic nature. That fallen man, okay? But thank you, Jesus, that he came. <laughs> and I don't have to be that way. Hallelujah. So in verses 9 through 13, we see that the law is good and the law is holy. It's sin that brings death. The wages of sin is death, right? Now let's... Just for, so you know, we're going to look at Galatians 5, 19. We're going to look at um, what the flesh is. Okay? Mm-hmm. I told y'all. Mm. The works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19. This is now the works of the flesh are evident, and they are, can I say again, evident. Everybody knows when you're in the flesh. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery and fornication and uncleanness and lewdness and idolatry and sorcery and hatred and contentions and jealousies and outbursts of wrath and selfish ambitions and dissensions and heresies and envy and murder and drunkenness and revelries and the like of which I tell you beforehand just as I 
also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what the world did all of that mean? I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation because it's a little more what we say. It says, The cravings of the self-life are obvious. They are sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, um, senseless arguments. I know that we don't think they're senseless when we're the one that's arguing, right? But they're senseless. Senseless, yeah. Yeah, we don't think it's wrong when we're the one right. Resentment when others are favored. Temper tantrums. <laughs> now, see, I told y'all, those little two-year-olds. And only them, because I know none of us throw temper tantrums. No. Mm -mm. So we should have left the kids in here. Um, angry quarrels. Only thinking of yourself? What? Oh, I stepped on a bunch of toes, including my own. Oh, my goodness. Being in love with your own opinion. What? Oh, my Jesus. Are y'all listening to this? Josh said he ain't. Josh is not listening. I'm going to read it twice. Oh, my goodness. It said being in love with your own opinion. Mm, being envious of the blessings of others. Murder. Uncontrolled addictions. Hmm. While, you know, you know that addictions is more than just drugs and alcohol. You know there's folks that are addicted to gossip. You know they, it's uncontrolled. You know they going to break their neck and yours too to tell you something that somebody did or said or something they thought somebody did or said. Hmm. Put it on Facebook. Oh, my goodness. Wild parties and all other similar behavior. Wow. He says, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? So if I am continually giving in to those feelings... And the lust of my flesh, that just means the cravings of my flesh. Then I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Right? But that is not us. Okay? So all we're doing right now is learning that we live in a new kingdom. Okay? That old kingdom, that right there is where I lived. I lived right there. So that's very familiar to me. Okay? But I have now been saved, and so I am saved out of a life of living in my feelings. So I have to come over here, and I have to learn how to not live in my feelings. Come on, that's this good stuff. This good stuff. And if you keep on reading in, in chapter 7, it says from verses 14 to 24, 
what he's saying is, I want to do good, but I don't do good. And, and things that I don't want to do, that's what I do. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. Oh, my God. Oh, wretched man that I am. Because I'm continually giving in to my flesh. I'm continually giving in to my feelings. I'm constantly doing this. And I'll pray and I'll say, God, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. And within 10 minutes of coming off of that altar, guess what I just did? Come on. That's what, that's what Paul, you know, Paul, holy man Paul, that's what he's talking about. I don't want to live like that, but I do. <sighs> And he says, who can deliver me from this war? The war. My flesh and my spirit is at war. You know, I have told y'all that life was wonderful until I got filled, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then out of my mouth, I said, then all hell broke loose in my life. And that is the gospel. Because he said, oh, you want me to come live in here? <laughs> Well, we're fitting to clean some stuff up because I ain't living in this mess. That's what he said. So he started, man, poking his finger in all my buttons. You know, you just mashed my button. He's like, well, you're not going to have no button if you want me. Ooh, without asking, he acts like it's his house. He acts like he owns me or something. What? But guess what? He owns me. He paid the price for me. And it was a great price. And he paid the same price for you. So he owns you too. So if you open up and you say one day, you know, because the anointing is here and I understand, we do stuff all the time in the anointing. And then when we get out of the anointing, we're like, <gasps> what did I do? What did I do? My is money, you know. I don't, I don't have no job. I don't have no job. My husband's well, he he's the one that works, and he had taken over the money. You know, he started paying the bills, so I couldn't pull a little out here and there. You know what I'm saying? You know, we've all done it. You couldn't do that because he pays the bills, and uh, the anointing was in here. Woo! It was strong. Pastor Eileen, she would the anointing was in his place. And it was to give. And I didn't have no money, so I wrote on the IOU. IOU, $2,000. Yes, I did. And the anointing was, oh, man, it was good, you know. And I run up there, and I threw it in that offering plate, and she prayed for me, you know. And, woo, it was wonderful. And then I got in my car, and I thought, oh, my God, I got to do What am I going to do? What am I gonna, how am I going to get $2,000? Oh, my God. What did I do? That's how you feel when you come out of the anointing, okay? And a lot of times we just keep giving in to that, that feeling instead of saying, but God, but God, whoo, I know you told me to do that. And even if I'm not real sure you told me to do that, I think you told me to do that. And I'm in the anointing, and so I need you to fix this thing. So, I, I, you know, I, it took me three days to work up the nerve to tell that big man right there. But I told him. And he was very gracious, and he did not jump down my throat. 
like I thought he was going to do. But it's like once I told him that, God just started I mean, I would open my Bible, and there'd be money. I'd open my purse. There'd be money. I'm walking out of Walmart. There was $75. He paid that. God paid every bit of it, every single bit of it. So whenever we do things in the anointing, God will take care of us. Most of the time, he just wants us to, you know, die to our pride and my fear and all that stuff, you know. So what, the reason I was saying that is whenever you get in the anointing and, and, it's, and you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, because, y'all, that's, that's out of salvation, that's the best thing. The gift of salvation and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Without those, <laughs> life is rough. It's hard. But Holy Ghost comes in, and He is the best gift Because when he comes in, he starts fixing me. And he starts bringing me to glory, to glory, to glory. And he starts changing me from that nature, that, that Adamic nature. And he starts changing me into the image of Jesus Christ, which is what I was created to be. From the foundation of the world, he created us to be that. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Romans 14 through 24, he's like, oh, my God, <laughs> I need help. What you need is the Holy Ghost. That's what you need. You need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, let me find it because I done lost it. Woo. No, that's eight. I need seven. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And then comes chapter 8. Thank you, Jesus, for chapter 8. Because chapter 6 and chapter 7 is, oh, woe is me. <laughs> help. And chapter 8 is help. Chapter 8 is help. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So this is life in the Spirit. I don't walk according to the flesh anymore. I'm not giving my mind things of the flesh. I'm not allowing myself to go there. Yeah, you cut me off, and that made me mad, but thank you, Jesus, I'm not going there. I'm not going to let myself go there. And in a little while, after a little while, things start changing and things start happening. But condemnation, y'all, condemnation is a sentence. It's sentencing. Do y'all know that the enemy, the devil, Satan, Beelzebub, He's the one that brings condemnation because he has already been sentenced and there is no hope for him. He is sentenced to eternal fire. You can read that in Revelation 20. He is, he is condemned already, sentenced to eternal fire, and he wants you to see he has no hope. There's no hope for him. 
And that's why he pours condemnation out on you because he wants you to feel like you have no hope. And that's what condemnation feels. And so whenever we, we get on to someone else about something that we kind of feel convicted about, but I'm going to put my convictions on you, that's heaping condemnation on them. That is not God. That is not God. I don't point out your sin. I'm not pointing out sin. I, whenever I want you to look at your sin is because I ain't looking at mine. So the enemy wants us to feel condemned because there is no hope in condemnation. No hope in condemnation at all. He has no hope. He knows that he has been sentenced and that sentence will come to pass and he will burn for eternity. Eternity. And he wants to take as many of you with him as he can get. Okay? Condemnation pulls us away from God. It makes me want to run. It makes me want to hide. I don't go to God when I feel condemned. But conviction chases me to God. I, I, go, I run to Him. And because He's the healer and He's the fixer and He's the one that wants to work all this stuff out in me. And He's a good, good Father. Okay, so conviction, it moves me to him. And when we overcome something, when we overcome my flesh, then I grow and I mature in that. And that's what he's after. He's after maturing me and bringing me up and making me into the image of Jesus. But he's making me mature so that these little things aren't going to, they're not going to affect me. Okay? Do y'all know that we will get to the place where my feelings don't affect me? I have gotten there in some areas. I'm not there in every area. But in some areas I have gotten there to where my feelings don't, they don't have any weight anymore. I can overlook those things and go on with what God is saying. Okay? But that, that's a process. It's a dying process. Okay. Now, let's see. In uh, verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Okay, y'all stay with me. We are no longer walking according to the flesh. We are no longer walking according to our feelings and our emotions, okay? Y'all with me? Every single one of you in here, this is where we're at right now, okay? We're learning how to do this. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. We set our mind on the things of the Spirit. Well, every single day when I get up, I need to connect. Spirit. I got to connect with Him. Okay? 
I need to connect with him. Spirit. God is a spirit, and those that worship him worship in spirit and truth. And so some point in here, I got to connect my spirit with him. And I have to guard that connection and not let the enemy pull me down into strife, you know, those quarrels, those um, stupid arguments. What were the things that we just said? I have to not allow him to pull me into those things. But I am not in the flesh. Okay, it says in 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What is carnally minded? Carnal is the human nature apart from the divine influence. Therefore, it's prone to sin and opposed to God. It is without grace. It's doing it on my own. So my mind is opposed to God. That's what he's saying. My mind is opposed to God. It, it, It says that my mind is an enemy. It's an enemy of God. The carnal mind. I ain't allowing God to be in there. And so Apostle Angie says, if my mind is opposed to God and it is hostile, that's what the word means, it's hostile to God, why do I want to stay in my mind? Because I ain't pleasing God if I stay in this hostile mind. Are y'all, y'all getting it? Okay. Okay. Mm. So it's like, we, when we come in here for prayer, anytime, for prayer, for praise and worship, and, and we're pressing, we're pressing in, we're, you, you do know that we're trying to get out of our mind, right? We're trying to get everybody corporately out of their mind because we should have already done that as seasoned warriors. We should have already done that and, and got out of our carnal mind before we got here, Okay? The seasoned, I'm saying seasoned. But if you're new, just know that that's what you have to do now. You have to connect with God before you ever get to church. And then when we come in here, it's going to be a lot easier for us to break on through and get a hold of God and what He's wanting us to do. Okay? So, my mind is a hostile thing. It's hostile to the things of God. Um, because God, <laughs> His way, living in the Spirit, can I just say that living in the Spirit realm stretches me? I don't have a clue what's fixing to happen. I don't know what, I'm, I don't know what to do. Living in the Spirit realm takes faith. And that's the only thing that pleases Him anyway. Is faith. Faith is an action. I step out because he said. That's faith. And so that's how it pleases him, okay? Um, and, and whenever I am out of my mind and I'm being led by the Spirit, I have absolutely no control. No control. I know, I know that freaks us all out. We have no control. Okay, verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, 
The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, verse 11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. That is that resurrection life. Therefore, Verse 12, therefore, when you see therefore, you got to go back. What's he talking about? He's talking about 9, 10, and 11. Because, because we are debtors not to the flesh. We live, we don't live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if the spirit you will put to death, the deeds of the body. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen? Now look at verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Do you know that is what keeps you from living by the Spirit? It's fear. Fear is what keeps us in our mind. Because I have no control. And if I'm in my mind, I have control. I think I have control. But fear actually has it. The enemy actually has that control. Because I'm, I'm making my own way. I'm making my own things happen. No, you ain't. Fear is. Come on. We're fixing to go somewhere. God is fixing to do something. So y'all stay with me, okay? Don't let me lose you because I ain't shucking the corn. You know what I'm saying? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. The spirit, there is a spirit of adoption, and he is going to release an impartation today of the spirit of adoption. Because when you are adopted, do you know that I can legally disown Josh. I can legally disown him and I can disinherit him. He can make me mad and I can cut him off from everything. But if you are adopted, you cannot. <laughs> Y'all did not hear what I just said. If you are adopted, you cannot be disinherited and you cannot be disowned. It don't matter what you do. He's going to impart this into me. Come on. Come on now. Holy Ghost chose those words. He knew what he was doing. He chose those words right there. The spirit of adoption. Because <laughs> he knew, he knew that I cannot disown you. Once I adopt you, you are mine forever. You are mine once I adopt you. And do you also know that whenever you have a birth child and you love them, oh my goodness, I can't imagine loving anyone any more than I love my birth children until them grandbabies come along. But when you adopt a child, that child is chosen. It's chosen. I'm kind of stuck with what I get, you know, birthing them. But thank God he did me good, you know. Thank you. 
because, because if he hadn't, I don't know. I might have disowned and disinherited. I don't know. Thank you, Jesus. But whenever you adopt, you choose. You choose that child. I want that one right there. And you are forever, forever adopted. Yes, it's good. Yes, it's good. Hallelujah. That's a good word. Hallelujah. Get on that thing, girl. Because <laughs> you've been adopted. You've been adopted. You belong to him. You belong to him. And there is nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Nothing you can nowhere you can go. There's not one thing you can do that he will say, okay, that, that adoption is null and void. No, that thing is signed and it is sealed with the Holy Ghost, and you are his forever. And every single thing he has belongs to you. It belongs to, it is yours. It is yours. It's yours. It's yours. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. Oh, that was Paula, wasn't it? Hallelujah. It's yours because of the spirit of adoption. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let me just, okay. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 1. Oh, thank you, Jesus, what you did for us. Where's Ephesians? There it is. Ephesians 1, verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him, y'all, before the foundation of the world. Before he spoke and said, light be, he already did this. He already knew that I was with him then. He already knew that he was going to send me to this earth and I was going to be born into a, a sinful nature. And he was going to have to work things and woo me and cause angels to come and guide me so that I could come to that place where I could say, Jesus, I need you, Jesus. Please wash me and cleanse me and become my Lord and my Savior and adoption. Bam! Right then I was adopted. And he knew that was fixed. He knew it. He created me for it. He created me to be adopted. So that I could have every single thing that is his. Everything. And whenever I look at my daddy and I say, Daddy, I'm tithing. I'm giving offerings. And I'm sowing seed. And my light bill needs to be paid. I'm not kidding, y'all. Daddy says, everything I have is yours, baby. Everything. Here you go. And here's a little bit more. We got to get a revelation of who we are and this spirit of adoption that we have been. <laughs> Woo! We've been adopted. We are grafted in. He can't never and don't ever want to take me out. Ever. 
Whatever I need, he has it. And all I have to do is come to him and say, you know what helps more in me getting the things that I need? Making it happen for someone else. I know it just it dropped in my spirit this weekend that that's what's happening in him. That spirit of adoption because he's fallen in love with these young men and he's adopting them. He's pulling them into his heart. And he says, I got your back. I know you've had some troubles, but I got your back. And it's going to be okay because daddy's here. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We don't pay close attention to legal documents anymore. We don't really see the severity of a covenant or a contract because we break them all the time. But God does not. He does not break them, and he looks down when you do. Okay? So that's why before you guys get married, y'all got to come sit in my office, and you got to have some counseling, and you got to understand what a covenant is and what you are, are setting yourself into. Okay? Because I ain't going to be responsible. You are. <laughs> I'm going to tell you like it is. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this spirit of adoption. Thank you, Lord, that you now call us sons. I'm a son of God. I am a son of God. And when I speak and say, in the name of Jesus, come out. All of heaven backs me up. When I speak and I say, and it's going to happen. When I speak and say, you get back in that body in the name of Jesus. That body's coming back to life. Because I have this, I understand the spirit of adoption and who I belong to. And whenever I say something, he backs me up. And I said today, he is going to bring an impartation of the spirit of adoption. <laughs> it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. It's going to change how you think about yourself. It's going to change what you do whenever you go in there and you say, God, I need that job right there. That's the one I want. God's going to say, okay, okay, it's yours. Y'all are looking at me like, I'm going to have to hit this thing a little bit more because I want the impartation to come into y'all. I want that thing to break off of you because you have, a, you have an orphan spirit. And an orphan spirit has to make his own way. An orphan doesn't have an inheritance. An orphan has to do it himself. And so whenever I'm striving, I'm working, and I'm trying, and I'm, I'm trying to get this thing, to that's an orphan spirit. When I'm, when I'm yielding to my feelings, that's an orphan that's an orphan spirit. 
We are not orphans, y'all. We're not orphans anymore. He is father to the fatherless. He has adopted us. He has grafted us in. Hallelujah. orphan anymore. I'm not an orphan anymore. I have a father. I have a father and he is watching me. He's watching over me and he wants to pour himself out on me. He wants to. He is not holding anything back from us. That's the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit makes me feel like he's not going to bless me. The orphan spirit makes me feel like he's not going to give me what's mine. Because I don't deserve it. Because I know me. Yeah, he does too, but he still loves you. He still adopted you. That's the orphan spirit that makes me feel like I'm not worthy. Ah, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I know that he wants to bring that impartation today. I know he does. Because when I saw this thing, it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It brings complete change in our lives. If you want that orphan spirit broke off of you today, and it has to go. And it ain't going to be no long, drawn-out, six-day puking your guts up. That thing is fixing to go just like that. Because the spirit of adoption has come in. And we belong to him. And the enemy can no longer hold us. He can no longer keep us down. He can no longer keep me from my destiny. He can no longer make me feel like I'm not worthy. He can no longer do that to me. No more. In the name of Jesus. Because I am adopted. You are adopted. And if you want that impartation, get up here now. Get up here now because we're going to lay our hands on you. And you're going to feel the adoption and the Holy Father wrap his arms around you and say you are mine. You are mine. You are mine. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.